I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. podcast number one podcast in the world right behind all the other ones and robert (laughs) (laughs) that's right we're doing muppets baby yeah it's rival pitches we're pitching muppet movies guys this one was a blast i was concerned at first because i was like how are we gonna do it so this was the prompt right so the Uh prompt was uh, Muppet movie um, adaptation. Yeah, it's not just a normal Muppet movie. It, it, it It's based on something that went around the internet, yeah. went viral, and it's like, hey, if you could adapt any... Muppet movie. Any existing book, movie, whatever, one actor is a human, the rest are Muppets, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, uh-huh. there's no humans in mind. Really? It's still an adaptation. Oh, wow. And I thought about this. I was like, am I going to get in trouble for this? Okay. But I think once you hear my pitch, you'll understand that there's just no room for humans. Dude, that's... Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. I I took a lot of liberties with my human character. I think I lean more on the human... Than the Muppets. Than most people would think. But I think think given my pitch, it works. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the Muppets have done, like, the Muppet Wizard of Oz, the Muppet mm-hmm. Treasure Island, uh, the Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the Great Muppet Caper might be based on something. Uh, Muppets in Space is, like, a, a parody of oh. E.T. and Men yeah. in Black. Yeah. So you get into kind of parody territory, and then you have the straight up, this is classic literature. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done one of those in a while, though. The closest we've had... Is they made a Muppet TV special based on a the Disney haunted. ride, <laughs> the oh, Haunted yeah, Mansion? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, they did the Muppet Office show too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think because personally, my favorite Muppets growing up were was like Muppet Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It was when you take a well-known story, uh-huh. and then you just make the Muppets be the actors. Yeah. That's where I think it thrives. Yeah. You know. Okay. I've seen all the Muppet movies except for Muppet Wizard of Oz and Muppets in Space. Oh, but I, okay. Uh, so my I grew favorites. up, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But I, I grew up on Muppets Take Manhattan, okay, yeah. the original Muppet movie, and then yeah, a Muppet Christmas Carol. We had that on VHS. Yeah, that's... That got so much play because we used to we used to live in Tennessee, but we drive up to South Carolina to see family every year on that drive. We had this really tiny TV TV monitor yeah. with a VHS player. Muppet Christmas Carol yeah, was on that. That's what you watched was Muppet. Watched Christmas. that there and on the way back. Heck yeah, dude, it's a good one. Two viewings, yeah. That yeah, Charles Dickens and the Muppets yep. just work so well together. Yeah, so I think the Muppets work best when they're adapting a well-known story. Yeah. I mean, I like the Muppet movies without it, too. Mm-hmm. But it's just something about... I don't know. I'm a yeah. sucker for it, dude. Yeah. I'm a sucker for oh, it. I get that. So mine is an adaptation of classic literature. Mm-hmm. 
What about yours? Mine is as well. Okay, so this is a thing we talked about. We're yeah. going to try to guess to see what each other did. Oh, yeah. Robert thinks we might have done the same thing, but I don't think so. Okay, okay. You said you had an idea of what I might have done, though. Yeah, I actually, I don't think we did the same thing. Okay. But you said that, because of course when you go online after that like tweet went viral or whatever, a yeah. lot of articles were like, here's what we want for the next Muppet adaptation. Yeah. You said your thing showed up on that list a lot. Yeah, yeah. So at least one of the lists. Yeah. So I was thinking either you were going with the most recent viral sensation and you were doing a Muppet Knives Out. I thought about it, but but that's not classic. No. So I I could picture you doing a Muppet Gatsby. Okay. So a lot of people wanted a Muppet Gatsby. I also thought about that. There's a guy who's already written the screenplay. I know this dude. We've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we talked dude. about it the other day. Yeah. So he's already written like a whole screenplay for the Muppets. What was his name Gatsby. again? Ben Crew. Ben Crew. Great Twitter. Twitter follow. Great Twitter follow. He's Probably a screenwriter, but he also he'll just write random full screenplays. Yeah, like he just did a shaggy yeah. dog one. Yeah. It's it that funny I love guy. That guy. He he re-edited the Tim Burton Batman in the style As of a, a black and white film. movie. Yeah. yeah. That dude just be doing stuff. Really dude. cool guy. He's awesome. Yeah. We gotta get him on this show. Okay, so you're not doing Muppet Gatsby. So yeah, I didn't do Muppet Gatsby. Okay. But when I did mention that mm-hmm. I thought maybe you were going to be like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I was going to do that, uh, I thought about doing The Muppet's Princess Bride. Uh-huh. But I didn't. Okay. But I didn't. Yeah. You kept it with the classics. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea what you've done. But okay. you said you just popped up on some of those lists? It popped up on one or two. It wasn't the most popular in either of those, but it did show up on those. Classic literature... I don't even know. I did see where someone was like, someone should do Muppet Batman. <laughs> I was like, I'd watch that, but yeah. I don't want to write that. All right. Well, uh, oh, I'm so excited to find yeah. out what yours is. Yeah. Well, it's your week to go first. Oh, so let, let's just get into it. You even this. have let's visual aids, man. Yeah. I uh, I had some time. Well, okay. For, for the <laughs> listeners, me and Chase now work at the same place Yeah, now. we work together. I was, here and there. Yeah, I was waiting on him to send me some footage, but he was in a three-hour meeting. <laughs> and so I, I had some time. I was like, we have video now. I'm going to put together some visuals for this yeah, pitch. I, I have some pictures, references. I didn't go as hard as you did. Okay. But I do have some picture references that we'll throw on the screen when it's time. All right. Um, I will say, mine, because mine has some, like, uh, popularity to it, like it's yeah. been in these lists, there has been fan art made. Ooh. And so. Nice. Of one character in space. In particular, yeah. But all right, we're gonna we're gonna get into this. All right. I love the Muppets so much, and yeah. and I I watched pretty much all the Muppet movies over the course of last year, so oh, they're fresh on my mind. I want to do that. I yeah. watched one today uh-huh. at work <laughs> to try to get in the mind because yeah. I realized like the Muppet sense of humor uh-huh. is very similar to like a Deadpool movie. A little bit. They yeah. They, they break the fourth wall. They were on they, that wave before it was the thing to they were do. On that wave in the seventies. Yeah. Like, I was watching The Great Muppet Caper, uh-huh. and the whole opening credit scene is them being like, 
man, these credits are going on a while. Yeah. And he, hey, Kermit, how much longer are these credits? He's like, it's almost done. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of the producers had those, like, initials at the end. And Gonzo yeah. was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. One of my favorite Muppet gags was in the Jason Siegel movie, where oh, it's like, know. they need to travel across the country. And it's like, we're never going to get there in time by car. And it's like, we could go by map. And then they show, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, show yeah. that graphic <laughs> of the car. <laughs> Yeah. Going through a map. Am I a man? Or am I a Muppet? I'm a Muppet of a man. I'm a very manly Muppet. That movie goes hard, dude. I saw that in theaters dude, when it came out. I wish I had. That movie goes hard. Jason Siegel doesn't oh, get enough credit. Dude, before you start, yeah. you didn't do Muppet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, did you? No. Because I saw somebody suggest That's that. A good one. And they would be the human is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is animal. Oh, <laughs> that that's great. Fun. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even see that on a list. Yeah. That's I saw cool. I saw that in a tweet. I went oh, I went man. to that original tweet that popped off. Did you do Muppet Titanic? No. That would be dope. Yeah. Okay. We all can right, do I'm this gonna all hear you. Let's hear just yeah. do we can do a whole spin-off podcast of uh, just Muppet adaptations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, let's get into this. Okay. Okay. We open on a graveyard. It's dark. The remnants of a funeral from earlier in the evening can kind of be seen. You know, like there's still some chairs laid out. We see two grave diggers played by Pepe and Rico. Uh Or Rizzo. Not Rico. Rico. Rizzo. Rizzo the rat. Pepe and Rizzo. The the, like shrimp dude and the rat. Yep. Yep. And they're like, they're filling up a grave with dirt. And they're almost done. And Rizzo is like, we're the two smallest characters. Why are we doing all the digging? (laughs) And Pepe's like, because they gave all the good parts away. Just be glad we're in the movie. And then and then Rizzo's like, I don't want to dig anymore. I, I I think I'd rather die. Well, wait till the second act. <laughs> 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 uh, and then we see hiding behind a gravestone, Dr. Kermit Frogenstein. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Frogenstein. Okay, what's all my other guesses went out the window? I was like, maybe you did Frankenstein. I did Frankenstein, okay. yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, I've been wanting to do a Frankenstein thing, so yeah. this was dope. And a grave digging thing. We've been talking yeah. about grave diggers, yeah. Uh, so Dr. Kermit Frogenstein and his ugly, deformed assistant, Gonzo, <laughs> <laughs> are hiding behind a gravestone, and they're watching and waiting. I need to know, though, is, is Gonzo like... Messed up more. No, it's just regular it's just, Gonzo. Just the, the the deformation is just his hook nose. Yeah, it's just regular Gonzo. Yeah, and that's a joke throughout the whole. And in movie. this universe, everyone like freaks out when they see him. They're like, ah! Yeah, it's yeah, like he's, he's playing the role of Igor. Yeah, who everybody was like, ah! Yeah. But it's just Gonzo. It's just his, yeah, <laughs> and that's like kind of a, a joke throughout the movie. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Pepe and Rizzo walk away, and they're still arguing. They finished filling in the hole or whatever. And once they're out of sight, Kermit and Gonzo jump up, and they have shovels with them, and they start digging up the grave. And uh, Kermit is like, Dr. Kermit is like, this is it, Gonzo. I wish I could do a Kermit impression. Uh This is it, Gonzo. I can't do it. It's the perfect arms for my monster. Once we dig this one up, we'll be almost complete. And then Gonzo's like, it's going to take us a few hours, so I hope they cut away soon. And, And the camera pans up to the bright full moon in the sky. And, and right when it gets, like, off of them, you hear the sound of a tractor, like, pulling up, like, beep, beep, beep. And then Kermit's like, I can't believe the director made Rizzo and Pepe actually dig. 
And then <laughs> the shot of the moon fades into a shot of a large creepy tower, lightning strikes in the sky as the logo fills the screen, the Muppets Frankenstein. Uh, and then, so we, we uh, fade into, from the title sequence, into the laboratory at the top of the tower with a song. And it's Kermit and Con- Gonzo singing a song. We see um, the, a body is on a table, strapped to a table with a sheet over it. That's the monster, but we don't see the monster yet. And they're kind of standing over the body and they're singing. And they're, they're singing basically about, like Kermit's singing about why he wants to bring uh, some uh, the dead to life. Yeah. Like he's... He's giving his character exposition uh-huh. in this song. And so Gonzo, we got songs in this, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of songs. Okay. All the best Muppet cool. movies got songs. They do, yeah. <laughs> you got songs in yours? Yep. Hell yeah. Okay, um, I almost forgot to put songs in. Uh-huh. And then I went back halfway through yeah. and was like, I need a song. Yeah. Um, so they're singing, and then the thing is that the Muppets do in the song is they'll also do lines of dialogue in the song. Yeah. And so Kermit's like, it's almost ready, Gonzo. We just need the most important part. And Gonzo's like, the nose. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> and then like lightning strikes. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just saying a large nose is the sign of a very handsome and intelligent man. And then Gonzo <laughs> looks directly in the camera and like flicks his nose and winks. <laughs> Wait, he can flick the nose? Like he'll, he, he goes, fling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the nose was like twitching itself. Oh, well, I could do that too. No, nah, it shouldn't. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> he like flicks his nose and he winks at the camera. Okay. And uh, and Kermit's like, no, it's the... And then Gonzo goes, vocal cords? And he goes, no, not vocal cords, the brain. The brain is the most important part. And he goes, I don't know, vocal cords seem pretty important. And then so Kermit, the song's over, and Kermit says, he's like, hey, Professor Bunsen Honeydew, which is the Muppet doctor, dude. Yep. Professor Bunsen Honeydew is handling or he's holding a lecture at the university down the street. And in the lecture, he's going to be giving an example of a preserved good brain. Whoa. And then lightning strikes. And Gonzo's like, that's convenient. And he's like, you need to run down there tonight and ask if you can borrow it. And Gonzo's like, well, would it be easier to just steal it? Less questions. And he's like, well, we don't want to teach the kids that stealing's okay. And Gonzo's like, right. <laughs> So we cut to Gonzo is watching in from out. So he's outside looking in the window of the lecture hall and he's seeing the, uh, it's storming outside. So he's in the rain looking in the window. It's real, real dramatic. Um, and inside for the lecture, Professor um, Bunsen is performing a song. The, the, the lecture is a song. And he's basically talking about, this is a crazy brain, and it does crazy things. And then this is a smart brain, and it does smart things. You know, <laughs> yeah. Muppet song stuff. Yeah. I couldn't do all of this, guys. Mm-hmm. I almost wrote this whole movie. Like, yep. you're going to see in a second, you're going to be like, wait, he still wrote dialogue? <laughs> Halfway that, through, I realized I had to stop writing it. That is such a temptation every week on <laughs> yeah. this show. I need y'all to know that. <laughs> Okay, so I couldn't write these actual songs, but so he's yeah. We have about- to write actual scripts on top. Nobody gets this about written by. We pitch a new feature every week, and I'm still writing my my horror yeah. script. I am as well, yeah. yeah, and other projects that we're working on. Uh-huh. Uh, continue, yeah, yeah. So he's singing the song about the crazy brain and the smart brain, and at the end of the song, the class leaves, and uh, it's just Professor Bunsen Honeydew in the room, 
And Gonzo goes, finally, I can get out of this rain. And he steps in. And the second he steps in, the rain stops outside. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good guy. Uh, and, he, and he goes, excuse me, Professor Bunsen, Dr. Kermit Frogenstein has sent me to ask about borrowing a brain. Hmm. And he goes, for what? And Gonzo gets real nervous, and he looks around the room, and this is that classic gag where he's trying to think of a reason, and so he's looking for things in the room. And he sees a skeleton on the wall, and he goes, yeah. uh, for uh, oh, a dead body. <laughs> and he goes, a dead body? And he goes, oh, wait, no, uh, I mean... Uh, and he looks around the room again, and he sees an energy drink, and he goes, uh, uh, for a monster. Yeah, a monster. <laughs> and he goes, a monster? And he goes, oh, no, I did it again. Uh, no, it's uh, – and then he sees a giant poster that says, science rules. And he goes, it's for uh, science. And Professor goes, science, huh? Sounds important. <laughs> and Gonzo goes, it is. <laughs> and the professor says, but sadly, I can't help you. This brain belongs to the school, and I can't just loan it out. Sorry. And he grabs the good brain, and he leaves. And Gonzo's like, oh, man, this is the second most important part of a monster. I need a brain. <laughs> and, he, and then he sees the crazy brain on the table, and he's like, he looks around, and he grabs the crazy brain, and he runs off into the night. We cut to Miss Piggy. In her bedroom, uh, she's playing Elizabeth, Dr. Fra- okay. Frogenstein's love, uh, fiance. Of course. So she's Miss yeah. Piggy, but she, she's called Miss Piggy. She's not called Elizabeth. Okay. And we see Miss Piggy in her room, and she's singing a song about how she's engaged to marry Dr. Frogenstein. And she's just mm-hmm. talking, you know, it's that classic, you know, in the, in the original Frankenstein book, the character Elizabeth is just, you know, one of those like classic, like Victorian era, like, yeah. Uh, Kira Knightley would probably play her. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So she's singing a song about how much she loves him, and they're going to be getting married soon, but he hasn't been home in weeks. He's locked himself up in the lab at the top of that creepy castle, and she hasn't seen him. Oh, her beloved Kermy. And uh, at the end of the song... Shawty, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I do it for you, Kermy? <laughs> Uh, at the end of the song, it's ended with Henry, Dr. Frogenstein's best friend, mm-hmm. played by Fozzie Bear, knocks okay. on the door, and, and Miss Piggy goes, oh, Henry, what is happening with my beloved Kermie? And he's like, I'm sure it's nothing. I mean, what could he be doing up there? Well, what if he's fallen in love with someone else? I suppose that's possible. And Piggy punches <laughs> Fozzie in the face, and he goes, oh, I mean, no, he would never. And she goes, oh, Henry, this is terrible. And Fozzie goes, well, let's talk to Kermit's professor. Maybe he knows what's going on. Um, We cut back to Kermit and uh, Gonzo up in the laboratory. He's putting in the brain. We don't see it, but we just kind of just see, like, you can see that he's putting in the brain. And he's like, I can't believe he just let you use the brain. And he goes, I know, it's almost unbelievable. He was like, I mean, I would have thought he would have said something like it was school property. He couldn't just give it away. And Gonzo's like, yeah, that would be, uh, that would be something. <laughs> He's like, this is why it's so important to ask and not just take, you know, because you never know. I hope the kids at home really learn something from this. And Gonzo is like, he looks slowly in the camera. He's like, yeah, me, me too. Ha ha ha. Gulp. <laughs> uh, 
quick story beats because I realized I had to stop writing all this. Uh, so Piggy and Fozzie go and visit Doctor or Professor Benson, and Professor Benson tells them like through dialogue. He's like, oh, "Well, I don't know what he's doing up there, but he." He needed a brain for some sort of uh, monster and dead body and mm. science. And they're like, oh my gosh. And so the three of them rush to the castle. It's storming, thunderstorm, you know, classic Frankenstein. Um, and they, they rush to the castle and uh, they're knocking on the door. And Kermit's like looks out the window. He's like, "No, my my fiance's here. This is a because it's it's time. It's time yeah. to get that body up to the roof to get struck by lightning." Mm-hmm. He's running out of time. He doesn't have time for this. So him and uh, Gonzo run downstairs and they open the door and they're like, "You need to get out of here." And they're like, "We're worried about you, Kermit." And he's like, "Ah, I'm running out of time. Just come on, come on." And they all run upstairs to the lab. And it's time. And and he raises the body up to the ceiling. And the lightning is striking. And um, um, and 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 it's the moment he gets struck by lightning, and for the first time we get to see the monster played by Beaker, a giant Beaker. Oh my God! Because at first I was like, "Is Beaker going to be an assistant to the scientists?" But no, he's the monster. No, he's the monster. Most people would go an animal monster, but you're like, no, yep, not me. Uh-huh. But I will say this is where I can bring up my visual aid. Okay. <laughs> there, there is fan art of Beaker as Frankenstein's monster. Okay. I'll show you. Oh, that looks perfect. Yeah. That looks here's perfect. Another one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And that's wow. hopefully on the screen if yeah. you didn't forget. Yeah. Text that to me after this. I will. Uh, so I was like, Beaker's a great Frankenstein. It's monster. Um, and, and Kermit gets to do the, it's alive, it's alive. Yeah. But he does it in that, that Kermit scream, like, yeah. it's alive. Like that. Um, the monster wakes up, and it's gentle, and it's almost like a child. And all it says is, meep, 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 meep. You know, because it's Beaker. <laughs> and Kermit's like, and he's like shaking. He's shaking. And, and, and Kermit's like, Gonzo, get him a peacoat or something. He's, he's probably freezing. And Fozzie's like, well, he was just struck by lightning. He's probably in shock. <laughs> and he, and uh, Gonzo runs off and he comes back and he's like, "We don't have any peacoats, but I did find this giant fiery torch." And the monster sees the fire uh-huh. and just loses control. And he freaks out and he's like, "Me, me, 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 me!" And uh, <laughs> we go into a big ensemble song of them. <laughs> all terrified of the monster. This is where Kermit's like, what have I done? I've created a, a monster and, and Dr. Uh, Bunsen, Dr. Bunsen is like, you took the crazy brain, didn't you? And this is all in a song. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah. Trust me. Um, and at the end of the song, they lock the monster up in the dungeon in chains. And uh, it's Gonzo's job to kind of take the monster food and feed the monster. So one time, when the mon- when Gonzo goes down to feed the monster, he drops. He he opens the door. He leaves the door wide open, and he drops the food. And right when he drops the food, the lights go out because of the storms. And he goes, "Oh man, I can't I can't see where I dropped it. Ah, well here, let me light a giant fiery torch so I can see." And he lights the big fiery torch. The monster freaks out because it's afraid of fire. It breaks out of its chains and it runs out the door. Of the dungeon. So it's loose in the castle. 
Yeah. And Gonzo's like, oh my gosh, if they find out that I just let the monster loose, I'm going to get fired. And he's like, what am I going to do? And he can hear Kermit and the rest of the, the gang it, like running down because they heard the noise. And so he's like, oh, I got to think fast. And so he just plays dead. So Gonzo's playing dead. Kermit runs in. And he goes, oh no, the monster killed Gonzo. And he's loose in the castle. And Miss Piggy's like, we must stop him. And another song as they're chasing down the monster through the castle. Kermit faces off against the monster. They have this showdown. And finally, Kermit gets him injected with some warm milk and sings him a lullaby, which makes him pass out and go to sleep. And uh, after that exchange of the singing and the battle and everything, really, the, the fight, Kermit passes out from exhaustion. And Dr. Bunsen goes, hey, he goes to, to Henry and Pinky, he goes, take Kermit home and get him feeling better. I'll take the monster apart, right? He's going to take him apart piece by piece while he's asleep. Um, now, this is back where I'm going to do some more story beats. Otherwise, okay. we'd be here all day. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, in the middle of taking the monster apart, the monster wakes up. And just mm -hmm. like... With Gonzo, he's like, oh, no, the monster just got loose. Everyone's going to think I did it. And so he plays dead. So everyone's just playing dead. <laughs> yeah, because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, because that's what you do when you don't want to get blamed for something. You yeah, that's it. what I do. Yeah, yeah, that's what 100%. I do all the time. I did it at that meeting today. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why was this like this? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that one. They're like, Robert, where are you? You... <laughs> <laughs> you see that community episode where uh, Donald Glover's like, just pretend like you sleep. <laughs> it's like that. So that he pretends to be dead. Uh -huh. um, news goes around the whole town that the, the professor is dead. The monster has killed not only Gonzo, but Professor Bunsen. <laughs> um, so uh, where was I? Um, okay, and um, so hmm, Professor Bunsen is fake dead. Everybody thinks that he killed him. The monster killed him. Um, Dr. Frankenstein, we cut back. We see Kermit. He's at uh, home with Miss Piggy, and he's recovering. He's feeling a lot better, and they're preparing for the wedding. The wedding's about to happen. Um, and the monster is still on the loose, um, and now he's out of the castle. He's out in the real world, and he runs into none other than our favorite grave diggers, Rizzo oh, and Pepe. Wow. And, uh, and <laughs> as the monster walks up, Pepe sees him coming, and he goes, Oh, second act already. Good luck, buddy, and he runs off. <laughs> That's a callback to the opening scene. Mm -hmm. So Rizzo and the monster, Rizzo's terrified because he's like, oh, this is where I die. Oh, man, no. And the monster walks up. But they actually have this very sweet moment. And they, they're playing around and they're, they're throwing flowers in the water. Aww. And it's this beautiful moment and they become friends. Do they get a song? Um, I don't know if they get a song. Okay. But um, because there's another song coming up. Okay. But they get like a little montage. They, it's like a montage. Yeah. It's like they're in love. Okay. It, there, there could be a, some music here, but they're not singing. Yeah, but then some people start walking that way, Pepe included, and and Rizzo goes, "Oh no, I, I can't be seen being friends with the monster." And the monster's like, "Meep," 
And he's like, people will think I'm a monster sympathizer. Like, you've killed two people. I can't be seen with you. He's like, meep, meep. And so just as the, the group of people are walking up, Rizzo plays dead. And Pepe's like, no, the monster killed my best friend. Now I'm going to have to dig all these graves by myself. And the monster's like, meep. And the monster runs away. And we get this full three and a half minute song where the monster is wandering around the countryside and singing about how terrible this has been, his life has been. Mm -hmm. Except he only says meep. Do we have subtitles? No. Or is it just, it's just meep, 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 meep. It's meep, just meep, 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 meep. A full three, three and a half. Three and a half minutes. <laughs> just meep. <laughs> That's incredible. That's <laughs> But the subtext is, you know, his life. I mean, and everyone else is incredibly moved by it. They're all oh, crying. He's by himself. Oh, he's by, he's oh, by himself man. wandering through the countryside. Okay. <laughs> so it's just... Like the most beautiful cinematography yes, you've ever seen. We get the people that did like the Green Knight or something. Exactly. But <laughs> and it's beautiful. And it's just me, 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 me. <laughs> but the subtext, like we know that he's like. If you do it just to the point people in the audience start to get bored. You throw in another joke right yeah, to save yeah, them. Yeah. Repeat, repeat. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the subtext is, you know, because we know the story of Frankenstein. He's like. I didn't ask to yeah. be born. My life has been miserable ever since I've been created. Yeah. I'm so sad. Everyone thinks I'm hideous. But it's just meep. Yep. Yeah, but we know, uh-huh. you know. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me give you some more bulletin points. Um, so the wedding is about to start. We cut back. The wedding's about to start, yeah. which means that during that meep song, about... A week or two has gone by. The wedding's about to start, and the monster shows up because, you know, he's angry at being created. Mm -hmm. And he shows up at the wedding and he steals, he kidnaps Miss Piggy. He he kidnaps Miss Piggy, and, um, and, uh, at the same time that he kidnaps Miss Piggy and runs away, Kermit's like, no, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, an angry mob led by Pepe mm-hmm. has made its way to the wedding with pitchforks and torches. And they're like, the monster killed uh, Gonzo. The monster killed Dr. Bunsen. The monster killed my best friend, uh, Rizzo. And they're all like, we're going to go get him. And, and you know, Kermit's like, he stole Miss Piggy. And, and so <laughs> <Ms>. they... Miss Piggy. Miss <laughs> Piggy. And um, so they go off and they go looking for the monster and they, they chase him up this mountain. And uh, they go one way and Kermit sees him. And he goes off by himself and he confronts the monster by himself. And, it, and they go back and forth and it's this real dramatic Muppet moment where Kermit's like... Leave Miss Piggy alone. Take me. I'm the one who created you. And uh, and so that's what the monster does. He throws Miss Piggy down and he picks up Kermit and he take he starts carrying Kermit to the top of this giant wooden wood uh, windmill, and and at the top, um, he has the top and he's and he's picking him up and he's about to throw him off, and he just goes and Kermit goes, "What are you doing? This is a kids movie." Well, you've already killed Gonzo, Professor Bunsen, and Rizzo. Like, this is not cool. The censors might not even put this movie out. 
And he's just like, meep, meep, meep. He's like, what? Meep. I don't under, meep. Hold on a second. I have an idea. Cut to Kermit is in the lab with the monster. He had just given him vocal cords. Okay. And now the monster is speaking clearly and elegantly about what actually happened. And he's like, yeah, he was he just fake dead. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what's, his, what's his voice like? Like that. He just pretended to be dead, and everyone thought he was really dead. But he's, he's in the mob. Like, you can see him. He's right there. I think uh, <laughs> Muppet movies always have at least one celebrity cameo, I feel like. At least the recent ones. So you need, like, a famous it should voice be to like be. like Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim Curry's. I, I can't do his impression either, yeah. but that would be great. Yeah. Um. And so the the whole angry mobs there, including the people that he supposedly killed, and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're here. And everyone completely understands, and they all give him a big hug, and that's the end of The Muppets Frankenstein. I went hard, That was great. Bro. Did I go went hard. hard on that one. You had, you had so many good Muppet one-liners, gags in Thanks, there. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's what I spent all my time on because I didn't have to write Frankenstein. Someone Dude. did it like yeah. 200 years ago. <laughs> Mary uh, Shelley did it. That's really fun. And yeah, especially after seeing the artwork, Beaker has the perfect structure yeah. for a fake Frankenstein face. Yeah. yeah. I saw some art where Kermit was the monster. Mm-hmm. Nah, no. can't do that. Yeah. No, I didn't like it. But I guess with, with the Muppet movie, Kermit always has to be the romantic lead, and then right. Piggy has to be the, yeah. I mean, I think Miss Piggy would make a great bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. But true. she doesn't show up to the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's really good though. Hey, man. thanks, man. Yeah. I really think that if I just sat here with a uh-huh. like a document open, I could write the whole Dude, thing. We could, you could be the next Bing crew. I you could, could just yeah, yeah. Write Muppet Frankenstein. <laughs> All right, I'm super excited to see what you All did because right. I have no clue. Yeah. Did you do? Uh, I want to do a couple more guesses okay. before we jump into it. A couple more guesses. Uh, Muppet Sherlock Holmes. Nope. Muppet Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Nope. Uh, Muppet Hansel and Gretel. Nope. <laughs> I'm trying to think of classic literature. Uh, Muppet Pride and Prejudice. No. no. Oh, okay. That's, that's, my close, that's, close. that's my last guess. That's close. All right. One last guess. One last guess. Because okay. I think you said I got close with Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Yeah. Muppets Great Expectations. No. That was actually, that was my very first thought. Because I remember in middle school yeah. liking Great Expectations. Yeah, I just I didn't remember enough. Yeah, of I it. don't know. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. I know there's a dude named Pip. I know there's a dude <laughs> that has a really big nose. Oh, I like remember, Gonzo. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> as a kid, when I was in middle school, while the teacher was talking about the books, I would sketch the characters oh, and fun. the margins. Yeah. So yeah. I have a bunch of sketches for characters I probably didn't know anything about i guess I, still fun though yeah okay i'm, I'm excited so you okay. have a visual aid there's a tv screen off camera yeah i had some time today <laughs> figure we do video now it'd be yeah. a, it'd be great if you could see the muppet character and the character they're played That's so cool i can't wait man. okay so for my muppet movie a muppet christmas carol is one of my favorite movies just ever not even like comedy not even muppet just exactly yeah yeah uh it was on all the time we talked about this it was on all the time when i was a kid uh so that's a big inspiration and i i wanted to like try to figure out why it's not only the most one of the most beloved muppet movies it's one of the most beloved like classic literature adaptations a lot of people are very adamant that it is the best adaptation 
of the Dickens novel. And Did you Jungle Book? No. <laughs> I'm going to keep guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of what works about A Muppet Christmas Carol is everything serious in the novel they take incredibly seriously. And Michael Caine gives them completely straight, serious performance. And the Muppets don't shy away from all the adult themes in A Christmas Carol. They don't water it down for kids at all. Because A Christmas Carol, it's a cautionary tale about the destruction brought by greed. It's set in a London where the rich are getting richer, poor are getting poorer, the rich are taking advantage of the poor. You see all that in the Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, the... The settings of the London streets are all bleak and the tones are all down. The colorful puppets really stand out in that setting. Dang, son. Yeah. Moby Dick? No. Dang. <laughs> no. But, and, and there are parts in the Muppet Christmas Carol that are legitimately scary. Like, I remember being scared by the last two ghosts as a kid. Because yeah. you have the ghosts of Christmas past... Wait, no, Christmas Pre... I forget. Wh- whichever one is the marionette baby oh, kid, yeah, that, is that thing is freaky. And then the, the Christmas future is just just a giant hood. And there's no head yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. And there's like really intense sequences in there. And the, the director, who was Jim Henson's son, this is just after Jim Henson had passed away. Brian Henson has this quote where he's talking about how you have to have the scary moments for the joyous moments to truly feel Mm. joyous. And as someone that never watched horror growing up, but I'm now like writing horror, I've started to realize that like being able to scare an audience is one of the most essential things to making a good movie. Cause like you, you watch horror directors that go on to do other things and like Peter Jackson doing Lord of the Rings Everything right. feels great and adventurous because the he can make you scared yeah. and they're like legit stakes. And when the characters overcome those stakes, it feels all the more feel, better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we were going to get this deep about Muppets. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, what classic lit book can I take that has all these joyous, heartwarming Gone moments? Gone with the wind. No. Dang it. <laughs> I actually, I looked into that one too, though. I looked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Chris, Muppet Christmas Carol it also it ends so well it's so yeah. hard where you leave that movie feeling like you want to be a better person I want a book that does that but also it has a bunch of really intense moments that we won't shy away from but also a good Muppet movie has a really giant cast so you can get all the Muppets in there also who are the human characters going to be and I went through all all of these classic lit books uh I still really want to see a, a Jane Austen adaptation, like a yeah. Jane Eyre or Pride and Prejudice Muppet. I just don't know enough about... I'm not too deep in that in yet. Lore. Yeah. That Jane Austen Exactly, lore. yeah. I thought about <laughs> Great Gatsby. I thought about Great Expectations. What, what did you do? But finally, I landed on one of my favorite stories of all time. We were doing Muppet Les Mis. Les Mis! Oh, snap! <laughs> so... I shied away from it for so long just because one of the best parts of Muppet movies is the music. And yeah. Les Mis is already a really popular musical. But I found I a found loophole. a creative in. I found a loophole. Exactly. So 
This story, Les Mis, it's all about forgiveness, second chances, doing the right thing, even when doing the right thing is the hardest choice possible in any given situation. Perfect Muppet material. Yeah. You have all these action scenes. You have all these really emotional, dramatic scenes. Yeah. I think and there's plenty of... way just bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's plenty of room for humor in here that we could find, too. So... <laughs> Dang, son. So again, I'm I'm trying to recreate the Muppet Christmas Carol formula, mm-hmm. but also do enough so where we're doing something new. It's fresh. It's interesting. So thinking about the human character that's going to be in this. Okay. I love the idea of one human in the main cast. The rest are Muppets. I feel the need to point out. I haven't never seen Les Mis. Okay. Do you know what it's about? No. Okay. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm going I'll, in blind. Okay, I'll go. I'll go through the plot as yeah, yeah, yeah. as we pitch. But uh, our main character is Jean Valjean, and he was arrested for stealing a loaf of bread, sentenced to five years of prison, style. hard labor. He manages to escape, and he's being chased by Inspector. What's his name? Inspector Top. Here's Inspector the gadget. <laughs> yes. Here's the other thing, man. I uh. I don't know French. I don't, yeah, I don't know French how to name. say these names. They don't say them. Just in general, when watching a movie, I don't pick up on names a whole lot. It's not like I mean, we watched a whole season of Cop Rock and never learned any exactly, of their names. Exactly, yeah. Inspector Javier, something like that. Yeah, sure. The whole story is Valjean is trying to be a new man, but... Uh, I really should have looked up the pronunciation. It's okay. Javier, the inspector, I'll just yeah, call him that. Yeah. The inspector is chasing him and okay. is determined to put him back so in jail. So Aladdin's running after stealing that bread. <laughs> yeah. Inspector's yeah. coming for him. So the human character, we're going to take a slightly different approach from all the other Muppet movies because usually the human character is the villain. It's Michael King yeah. in A Christmas Carol, although he's kind of also the... He's, he's an anti-hero. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim Curry was the villain in Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. But this one, again, similar to Christmas Carol, but also a little different. The human character is going to be the main character. Our human is going to be Jean Valjean. Now, again, what makes them up at Christmas Carol so great? Michael Caine played it 100% straight. 100% straight. So you're cast in a super dramatic actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are we thinking? Adam Driver? <laughs> I'm really excited about my pick. I'm really oh, okay. excited. I'm excited too. I, I hope you know enough about this actor to appreciate so it. But Michael Caine is quoted with saying he would only do the role yeah. if he could act like he was in the Royal Shakespeare Company and yeah. not around puppets. Yeah. So I was thinking, who else has this energy. We need to up the ante, break new ground. I want to cast a really hungry, really accomplished actor I guess. in a legendary role, and he's going to give the performance of his career. He is somebody that doesn't half anything. Every single role, he almost, he does too much to the point where everyone else is like, dude, you're doing too much. And he's like, I don't care. I am crazy. I, I only care about one thing. Nicholas it's Cage. the role I'm doing. No. <laughs> no. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no. Jeremy Pope. So I'll, I'll give you a hint. So every five years or so, mm. there's a new actor that pops on the scene yeah. that has something really big. And he, oh, is he, it that dude that you love 
that recently? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Every five years, there's a dude whose antics open he reopens the conversation around method acting. How much is too much? Ezra How much Miller. is helpful? Oh, Jared no. Leto. How much is just <laughs> unnecessary? How much is self-indulgent? There's an actor who goes in so deep. Yeah. It, it lights up this discussion again. Is that dude from Secession? Did I get it? Yep. Our Jean Valjean oh! is Jeremy Strong. I guessed it. Because <laughs> he was, someone was just complaining about his method acting the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, we, we need somebody that is borderline delusional <laughs> in how much he goes into. We need someone that is not only going to play his Muppet role straight. He is incapable of playing anything yeah. not straight. Yeah. Because, again, if you don't know, he is the star I think he's won an Emmy for Secession. Yes. Secession, it's it's like a dramatic kind of show. I need to but watch it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. At the heart, though, Secession is a comedy. It's a satire. It's yeah. like a it's like a dry humor satire on the rich. You know, Adam McKay is like an executive producer, directed a bunch of episodes. Yeah. It came out though. Jeremy Strong was legitimately unaware that there was any sort of comedy going on in this show <laughs> at all. <laughs> and again, like he he goes so hard, and it's to the point where a lot of stories have come out about his cast members who are like, we, we all think this guy is doing a little too much. It's almost to the point where it's like, why do you gotta like go in so deep? Like, just act with me, man. Yeah. But no, Jeremy Strong, he legit he can't do a performance any other way. He has to dive all the way in. And I think you pair that. You pair somebody going all the way in, and all his co-stars are puppets. But he's playing one of the most legendary roles. Because, again, like with yeah. all the movie adaptations and the stage show, the films, a lot of really prestigious actors like have Hamlet. done this role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as far as movies go... It's like American Hamlet. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's British. Yeah, I know, it's, but... Yeah. Americans really love Les Mis. Yeah, yeah. Americans aren't like, I love Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> as far as movies go, Hugh Jackman and Liam Neeson have played this role. So that's who he's. So there's Les Mis the oh, musical. There's school. also Les Mis the novel. Because it was originally a novel. Right. So Liam Neeson did a version that wasn't a musical. That was just a straight movie. Oh. Which I really like. I think it's a really great movie. Interesting. But uh, yeah, Jean Valjean. Jeremy Strong. Again, I want to point out just the vibe we're going for. There is this infamous New Yorker profile. <laughs> Again, the, the title is, On Secession, Jeremy Strong doesn't get the joke. You have visual aids. <laughs> Talking man. about his character, he says, I take Kendall Roy as seriously as I take my own life. And that's the energy we want. You pair somebody that serious. With Muppets. Acting, acting his heart out yeah. in front of a puppet. Again, just more pictures of Jeremy Strong because he, he's such a goober man. He, <laughs> there are multiple pictures of him with his hand behind his. I just thought that was funny. It is funny. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world have you created? <laughs> yeah. Now just <laughs> in, Inspector, Inspector whatever. Okay. Should have looked up how to pronounce his name. You're good. But uh. He's going to be played by Sam the Eagle. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's good. There that's good. That's good. Because he just, he has that look about him. Yeah. I think he plays a cop in one of the Muppet movies. Yeah. So 
Dude, he's in Muppet Christmas Carol for a little bit. He played Scrooge's professor as a child. And I legit thought that dude was so scary when yeah. I was a kid. He he has the perfect imposing force. He does. That the That's inspector a good cast. Needs. That's a good yeah. cast. So the other thing about this, Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the reasons it succeeded at being a really great, almost word-for-word adaptation of A Christmas Carol while still, you know, being digestible and being the length of a normal movie, mm-hmm. is you had Gonzo and Rizzo. As the narrators? Yeah, yeah. So Gonzo is playing Charles Dickens. Rizzo is like a sidekick. Yeah. And they they take on the role of like a Greek chorus yeah. in a Shakespeare play, whereas these people outside the story that are commenting on the story, there are parts yeah. in The Muppet Christmas Carol where Gonzo will read word for word a passage out of the book. And it helps move things along. Also, a lot of humor comes from these characters. So we're going to have them back. They're, they're going to be the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I dig it. I love yeah. Gonzo. He's probably my favorite Muppet. Yeah. So the other unique thing about this approach uh-huh. is the reason I almost didn't pitch this movie was because I love Muppet songs. But Les Mis oh, is already yeah. a musical. Yeah, we already got the songs. But yeah. what we're going to do is, you know, what, what, what more Muppet thing is there to do? Because we've already, we've made a Muppet movie that is commonly held as the best adaptation of a book with like 50 adaptations. Making the best adaptation of a story that's only had like five movie adaptations. That's child's play. That's not a big enough challenge. <laughs> so what we're doing is we are adapting the book, but we are not adapting Les Mis the musical. Okay. We are telling the story of Les Mis and we are writing completely new, new songs, songs for this movie. That are Muppet songs. Yes. So we are creating a whole second mu- musical of Les Mis that is going to go toe-to-toe with the existing Les oh, Mis musical. Snap. And then That's let people all- fight and yes. decide which one's superior. Yes, exactly. I'm in. We're going to take one of the most beloved musicals of all time. And, make and we're it- going to make one better. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. And we're going to get all these video essays on YouTube about how the Muppet Les Mis musical is actually the better oh, Les Mis yeah, musical. I yeah. can see it now. Yeah. What the Muppet Les Mis understood <laughs> that the original didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see it now. Just a yeah. bunch of pretentious white dudes with neck beards <laughs> talking about how yeah. Gonzo embodies the character yeah. better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is going to drum up excitement for the musical. Everyone's going to want yeah, to see. Sick. Can they make a better musical than the musical? Yeah, yeah they can. And that's also that's going to be part of Gonzo and Rizzo's role. Is we could have running jokes the whole time where they're about to bust out a song. It's just like actually we can't we can't do a song right here. You know, we got a <laughs> some legal issues. We got to move yeah. it a little over here or, you know, one of the most popular songs. Do you hear the people sing? You know, Rizzo's going to be like, oh, I can't wait. This is my favorite part. He's like, well, actually, you know, <laughs> we couldn't get the lawyers to clear like that part, but we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get some it. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the main <laughs> cast we're working with. I'll run through the plot real quick. Again, Bet. I'm still a little rusty. On the entire, I'm, I'm picturing it though. Your yeah, your yeah. visual aids are doing wonders. Yeah, yeah. So John Valjean, he's in prison doing hard labor for the crime of stealing a single loaf of bread. The inspector is watching over him. Jean Valjean escapes. He immediately runs to this church and he meets Bishop Myrel or 
again, just forgive me on the name pronunciations if they're wrong. He runs into this bishop, really nice priest, and he takes care of him because he has nowhere to go. He's got no money. He's just out on the street. The bishop takes him in and is kind to him. Jean Valjean, he still has that survival instinct in him. Yeah. He gets up early that morning before the bishop has awoken, and he steals a bunch of silver from him and runs away. Immediately, some cops catch him. They drag him back to the bishop, and he's like, hey, this is Jean Valjean. We caught him stealing your silver. We could arrest him if you want. And the yeah. bishop, Bishop Myrell, he looks at him, and he's like, oh, actually, no, this has been all a huge mistake. I gave all that silver to him. Actually, you know what? Dude, I just, I wish you had woken up early. You left without taking the candlesticks I also gave you. And the cops are like stunned. He is stunned. He was not expecting yeah. this response from anyone. That is a G. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what sets Jean Valjean off on this new path. The bishop leans in close to him and he's like, hey, use this as an opportunity to have a second chance to be an honest man. Oh, and that man. act of forgiveness sends Jean Valjean down this completely new path. Now, our bishop going to be played by Fozzie Bear. Fozzie! Because, of course, you could already see both in one yeah. of the TV adaptations and just the the painting. It gives off Fozzie energy. The silver! <laughs> yeah. Fozzie, you know, he has such a good heart, not a bad bone in his body. Yeah. Also, leaning into the comedy of Fozzie, I feel like any legitimately good pastor is a little bit corny. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. all like that. The nicest pastors that do the most for you are corny guys that make yeah. bad jokes. Yeah. I would go as far as to say, if your pastor is cool, he's not good <laughs> enough. Because, okay, if you're really dedicating your entire life to the service of others, you don't, you don't have time to know what cool is. That's so true. That's true. Fozzie Bear is going to be the perfect bishop. I, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. And again, since we're doing the music stuff a little differently, my one like bone to pick with the musical is... That that scene is sung, and I feel like it has more weight if it's just spoken. Dialogue, yeah. Man. If he's just there thinking he's about to get thrown back in jail, and the dude is like, oh, you, I did give that to him as a gift. Actually, you forgot your candlesticks, too. I think that has a lot more weight in its simplicity, because yeah, yeah. it's like such it. a simple act of kindness that is so huge for him. So, yeah, yeah, that's that part. So, Jean Valjean, he runs off, and... He disguises himself. He creates a whole new life for himself. Good for him. He manages to start working in a factory. He ends up owning the factory. He even ends up becoming mayor, I think. I don't, I can actually remember that part or not. But he at least owns a factory. But things start to get iffy when. Oh, no. Again, what I was talking about, there's a guy who a cart falls on him. Mm -hmm. Jean Valjean. He runs over, lifts the cart up in a giant feat of strength. The inspector is watching. He's like, I haven't seen strength like that on anyone before oh, since that prisoner I hate oh, got away. Oh, snap. Also, the guy that the cart falls on, we're going with Scooter. Scooter, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, so, he owns this factory. There is this woman who works in the factory. <laughs> Fantine, Fantine, something like that. Yeah. Uh, She's the character Anne Hathaway plays. Oh, bold. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's struggling, and she has a child. Now, in the book, the child was born out of wedlock, and that in and of itself is a crime back then. Yeah. I think to help 
they explain things a little more in this version. Because basically what happens is there's an evil deformed and a bunch of people at work end up not liking her because of this person. They end up getting her fired because she had the child out of wedlock. In this version, I think we could have a few more comedic moments if we have her... She is trying to bring the child to work with her and trying to sneak him into work because she has nowhere for this child to go. Yeah. And everyone's like, you can't have a baby at work. The baby is ruining things, getting into things. And we could have one moment of the baby is lost in this really dangerous factory. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So the daughter, just spoiler, is going to be Miss Piggy because she grows up in the, cool. in the film. So Fantaine, there's, a, there's not really a good there there aren't a lot of girl muppets in general yeah, and th say. this is a good opportunity to make some because also we need another pig because it's miss piggy's mom so, so you created your own character. we're creating a new pig and just for fun i was thinking what oh, wow. what good theater actors do we have around we're gonna have this character voiced by stephanie shu nice. breakout star of everything everywhere all at once but before that she was in the broadway musical I don't know if it's Broadway or not. It might just be off Broadway. But she was in the musical Be More Chill, which was okay. a big cult hit in that community. And yeah. then she was also in the SpongeBob musical. She is Karen in the SpongeBob musical. Well, I'll be. So we know she could sing. She's got a great sense of humor. And I feel like she has just the right amount of sass. She's believable as Miss Piggy's mom. Yeah. We could get yeah. how Piggy came from this person. Heck yeah, dude. So yeah, we're going to have her play this character. And again, this is another cool opportunity for a human role because this role is a really big deal. Mm. Anne Hathaway only had two scenes in that movie. She won an Oscar for it. Yeah, she's the only one I know from that movie. Yeah, exactly. And she's only in like maybe 10, 15 minutes. No, not even 15. She's yeah. probably like under 10 minutes of screen time total. That's and she made that big of an impact. That's so Stephanie Shu, great heavyweight. We'll also get a new female Muppet that we could use later on. Yeah, there's not enough female Muppets. Yeah. I wonder what the deal with that is. I guess uh, they're all sexist at the <laughs> yeah. Jim Henson company. Uh -huh. And you can tell them I said that. Yeah. I'll walk up right to Jim Henson's dead face. That's <laughs> right. You tell them I'm making my own puppet universe. Yeah. And I'm coming. Yeah. Also for these scenes, we already have some child Muppets, so that's what the young Cosette looks like. Cosette is the child. Word. Yeah. So, also here is going to be our, uh, oh, our I evil love Pepe. Now, I will say, she, she ends up being a prostitute after she gets fired. Obviously, we can't really do that in the, in the kids' movie. We could at least, we could just show that she has fallen upon hard times. We don't have to explain what it is. Because, again, we want to take everything really seriously. Yeah. The adults will kind of know, but we don't have to do anything that applies it for kids. We just know she lost her job and she's poor. Yeah, that's all kids need to know. Yeah. And, again, everything's going to look kind of like Muppet Christmas Carol, where they really capture, like, the poverty-stricken yeah. London really well. Just the perfect vibe for a kid's movie to where they get it. So yeah, I get that's you. where we're at. Uh, Pepe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the book, a different character tries to, you know, solicit her services and gets a little too aggressive with her. Ends up leading into a giant thing that ends up with yeah, her getting arrested. Yeah, we're going to consolidate those to one character. Pepe's going to be both of them. I dig it. Yeah. So, so Stephanie Shue's character, she gets arrested and 
she gives away Cosette to this family who has offered to watch over her, treat them as one of her own children for a monthly allowance. And they're a family of scumbags that are basically using Cosette as a way to just get extra money every month. This family, the Thunder family or whatever, are going to be played by the Electric Mayhem. Originally, it's just two people. We're gonna have we're gonna have the this whole, whole crew. Yeah, we're gonna have this whole crew. Also, man, the Sasha Baron Cohen and the, the other lady Helena Barber. Helena Bar- Bar- Carter. Yeah, some of the most perfect casting I've ever seen in a movie. They play those parts really well. I didn't even know they were in that. Yeah, they they're in Sweeney Todd together. Yep, yep. But yeah, they're all gonna be also. Uh, I forget the girl's name. They have a daughter that ends up being more important, and of course, we have Janice from the band who will be that role. Heck yeah. So Jean Valjean, he finds out that this woman worked at his factory. He takes pity on her and her child. He offers to take care of the child, but first he has some business he has to take care of because Jean Valjean, ever since that card incident has been looking or not, the inspector has been looking for Jean Valjean ever since that card incident. He thinks he has found the man, but he has the wrong man. (sighs) He actually, he stumbled across someone that looks kind of like Jean Valjean and is mentally challenged, and so he can't defend himself. So there's a trial where this dude is going to get sentenced as Jean Valjean. And, of course, Jean Valjean, the actual Jean Valjean, he's on a new path. He's trying to be an honest man. He can't stand to watch this man that is not him be punished for his actions. So he's going to walk into court and turn himself in. That's this one huge act of kindness that he's doing that shows he's a changed man. So the dude we're casting as the doppelganger, this actor, oh, Giovanna, yeah, Ria, I know that, whatever. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in the Avatar movies, but a lot of people. He's in My Name is Earl. Yeah. He's in uh, The Offer. Yeah. But a lot of people point out they think this actor and Jeremy Strong kind of look like each other. And yeah, you could you could see it more see so it. right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the perfect. They kind of look like each other, but also kind of not. He could kill that part. Exactly. Yeah. He, he would. Do and a he's great he's job. a very accomplished actor, so he'll do so well in this yeah. little role. And again, he's kind of like the the fun celebrity KBO, and all the adults are like, oh, because they yeah yeah they're like, oh, I have to do for my name is Earl. Yep. <laughs> so Jean Valjean he turns himself in, but also he ends up being able to escape prison again. Oh, that's good. And he goes to the family to try to get Cosette back. And it turns out, of course, the family, they aren't treating her as one of their own children. They're treating her terribly. Yeah. And they're just in it for the money. So Man, Jean Valjean, she steals Cosette away. They run away together. Nice. So now this is a new act of the book where it's years later. They're all grown up. Cosette is 15 now. <laughs> Of course, Getting you know. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting to become a spinster. She needs to get. <laughs> Jeez, man. Of course, we're playing it a little bit older in this one, but uh, Cosette is now played by the actual Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy. That's who we have now in their home. Uh, somebody, a fellow student, has fallen madly in love with Cosette. That's this dude named Marius, who is going to be played by Kermit the Frog. Say, man, we've been. Yeah. It's been a while. We haven't seen Kermit yet. Yeah. See, that that's the funny thing about Les Mis, is I remember way more of just kind of the first act. Mm-hmm. Like so much happens in like the first the first third of the film. 
yeah. when I think Les Mis, I just think of the that. First third of the film. Even though really, really most of Les Mis is from here on out, but I don't know. Eddie in my Redmayne. mind, more happens in the Eddie Redmayne. Yep, yep. That was that was his role in the in the most recent movie. Kermie. But yeah, so Kermit the Frog is obviously going to be Piggy's love interest. Nice. Now, basically, there is there is a lot of drama. Uh, one of the Janice from the band, she also has a crush on this dude. Whatever, a lot of stuff is happening. But anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because the real interesting stuff is the French Revolution is happening. Oh. And this dude is really involved in the revolutionary because at the time, it's like, it's almost how now a lot of college, uh, protests start on college campuses. It's all the yeah. young people that get really fired up. Yeah. And of course, back then, it's the 17-year-old students yeah. that are you know, trying to wage war on the establishment. Heck yeah. This dude wants to fight the French. He also, though, is madly in love with Cosette. He has a grandpa, though, who does not approve of the relationship. And, of course, the grandpa is going to be played by Waldorf and Statler. Yeah, two grandpas. Yeah, we're getting two for the price of one. Heck, yeah. And, of course, this is going to be, this is also going to light up a whole thing on the internet where they're going to be like, like, oh, they made Dylan Norman gay. I didn't see that one coming. But it's also, it's the same dynamic as just normally (laughs) where it's like, wait, are they? Because, like, most people have two grandpas. Are they two grandpas like that or two grandpas like that, you know? That's fair. No one's going to know. I don't have any grandpas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In my mind, they're gay. But, you know, we... we, I mean, they go to the theater a lot. Exactly. We all know they're an old gay (laughs) couple, but, you know, Disney wants to be profitable overseas. So, what do you do? What do you do? But anyway, we have a bunch of young revolutionaries... Now, there's this dude. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he's he's one of the other really young, hot revolutionaries. But uh, we're going to take a different approach to him. He's going to be played by Bobo the Bear because, oh, you know, snap. the new wave, Pedro Pascal. Everybody loves yeah. the dad energy. We're going to we're going to bring a different kind of sexy. He is like sexy dad. Yeah, he's like you know? David Harbour. That's 100 yeah, percent. He is. Yeah. He is the David Harbour of this revolution. Yeah. Uh, we also have this guy. Played by New Zealand. I don't know what New Zealand is. I haven't seen him. <laughs> he's before. one of my favorite characters. He uh, he like throws fish and stuff. I don't. Nice. Yeah, you know, he's a kind of funny guy. Also, Ralph the dog will yeah. be another revolutionary. And then there is there is a there is a child who is really interested in the revolution, and he's this character that just is always running around town, and he always knows what's going on because he always just happens to be everywhere. That's going to be played by nice. Bean Bunny. Because nice. he's the type of dude that can sneak around and go everywhere. And he's also yeah. one of the few child Muppets. So, we got him. Robin, yeah. Kermit's son, yeah. nephew. And then also, of course, all of our other favorite Muppets yeah. could show up in parts of the revolution. Eventually, a whole battle is going to break out. And you could have, you know, the two scientists are making some cannons <laughs> and stuff. And dude accidentally shoots Beaker. And it's a whole yeah. funny bow and his hair catches on fire. That dude, I love him so much because he's he's so nice at heart, but he looks like a monster. Yeah. Like everyone wants him to fight. He's like, am I am I doing it right? Is and this the how chicken. You? Yeah, Gonzo loves that chicken. Yeah, so of course the Gonzo. <laughs> there's going to be a horde of chickens that are charging at these French revolu- French soldiers, yeah. and Gonzo's going to be really distracted. He's going to be trying to read from the text, and all these chickens are really fast. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a 
you know, I'm not going to go through everything in the middle of Les Mis. Yeah, no, no. But of course, uh, Jean Valjean, he doesn't really want to fight in the revolution, but he finds out that his daughter daughter's love is a part of it and she also wants to stick around be with him and so he starts fighting the revolution to watch over him uh marius he ends up getting injured and he takes care of him but there's a point where the inspector he gets captured by the revolutionaries and jean valjean is tasked with killing him Dang. he takes him away but he being the changed man, yeah. this dude that has stopped at nothing to try to kill him this whole journey, he decides to let him live. He lets him go. Big mistake. Yeah, yeah. Big mistake. Rookie but, mistake. Yeah, because again, Marius is going to get injured. He carries him on his back through the sewers, trying to get him to safety because this is the man his daughter loves. Marius is so out of it, he doesn't even know it's Jean Valjean that's carrying him. So... He comes out of the sewers. The inspector is there waiting for him. And of course, he acts like, because this is what he's tried to do this whole time, because this is the dynamic, because he feels like people who have done wrong are just always wrongdoers, and they need to be punished for what they did that was wrong. He doesn't realize people could change. But then, right when he's about to kill him, he has that moment where he's like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Because this this dude has defied everything. I thought, I've been chasing this man for years. And when he had the opportunity to kill me, he still let me live. What am I doing with myself? He lets Jean Valjean go. That's and then up. he jumps off a bridge and kills himself. The inspector? Yeah. Uh, he had it coming. Yeah, out of shame. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we that moment, we really are going to play seriously because... Yeah, you don't want to make yeah, a joke about that. Yeah, we can't mess that one up. That's a huge emotional moment. And so... Again, just imagine all those moments, but uh, it's Jeremy Strong. He's sitting there in tears, just begging, not even for my life, but just for the life of my daughter's love. I will go to prison for the rest of my life. Just let me go. He's just got Kermit the Frog on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, he's got Kermit the Frog on his shoulder with his little frog legs. With just tears. Yeah, and then he's talking to this eagle, and he's got... Just yeah, tears running down his face. <laughs> I think that's a great mental image. <laughs> and then the eagle can fly, so when he jumps off the bridge, he flies away. Basically, how it ends is Marius and Cosette they get married, and of course, Marius doesn't know that Jean Valjean, Jeremy Strong, was carrying his little Kermit body right. through that whole thing. Kermit finds out that Jean Valjean used to be this really big notorious criminal. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Cosette, I don't think we're safe around him. And Cosette really just knew him as a child. She didn't know all this. She's like, oh, this guy might actually be dangerous. And of course, the grandpa really doesn't approve of that either. So they basically, they cut themselves off from him their whole life. And of course, his one purpose in life for this whole time was taking care of Cosette, getting, getting her with the man she loves. And now they've all but disowned him. And he's gotten to the point where he's grief-stricken. He's fallen ill. He's about to die alone. And that's when Kermit finds out that it was him that saved him during that battle. And so right in the nick of time, right when he's about to die, Cosette and Marius go back. Miss Piggy and Kermit, they go to 
a frail Jeremy Strong on his deathbed. And of course, you know, Jeremy Strong is going to go all in on this. He's oh, going to get course. super ripped for 90% of the movie. We're going to have to break for a year and he's going to starve himself. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, because he, he can't do prosthetics. He's got to do it for real. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to see an actual sickly about to die Jeremy Strong who is shedding one last tear of happiness because he's finally reunited with the people he loves. And then that's where the story of Les Mis ends. It's a story about... Throughout all the hardest moments in life, just trying to do the right thing and how people really can change with a second chance. That's sad, man. Yeah. I don't watch stuff like that because <laughs> I know it's going to be sad. Well, that's the thing. that It's like, Lame is, is sad, but it's also, it ends on such a good note. And also, there's there's a whole lot of action in Lame is, too. Like, I, there's all the French revolutionary stuff. It's really, it's everything you'd want out of a good story I feel like from your pitch today I was like I'm gonna watch like Miz now because yeah. also Hugh Jackman's one of my favorites yeah. and also if you don't like musicals not enough people musicals. know that there's a non-musical version starring yeah. Liam Neeson yeah that's interesting yeah I love musicals mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm gonna watch this it's gonna be cool yep man I was so into your pitch that I uh-huh. forgot that it was Muppets oh yeah and so when you were talking about carrying Kermit's body <laughs> yeah. I was like oh I totally forgot but again yeah and you you need someone like jeremy strong to to really sell it that's gonna be like i don't care if it's a skinny little frog um i'm putting my whole hardest frog i've ever i'm putting my whole jeremy (laughs) strozzi man that's (laughs) <laughs> dude we uh we had a lot less impressions this episode than i thought we would well, I don't, we were I talking about this before yeah yeah, yeah. I, I could i could slip into a kermit but what i have to do is there is one vine or youtube video or something where kermit the frog is singing the delilah song he's like hey there delilah <laughs> it's like i could i could get the kermit voice but i have to say that first that makes sense i yeah. think with a lot it's of like, impressions hey there delilah have... i'm kermit the frog that's pretty good that's pretty good i can't even do that uh but yeah most impressions have like a key phrase yeah. or word that you have to use to get into yeah. it it's like how jody foster is the dr lecter like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Joe Biden is just come on, man, or whatever. The I can't do. A I Biden. can't do a Biden. Yeah. I can't do a lot. That's of also Colin Farrell's Penguin. Is come on, come on, man. This is how I would cast the Muppets Frankenstein. Now, I think immediately you're going to assume that Kermit the Frog is going to be Frankenstein's monster. But in my version, I actually think that Kermit should be Dr. Frogenstein. He should play the doctor, the mad scientist. His fiance, Elizabeth, would be played by Miss Piggy, of course. And his best friend, Henry, would be Fozzie Bear. The whole plot's the same, and I know you're all dying to know who would be playing the monster. There's a lot of different options who could be playing the monster, but I think the best one, based off of some online fan art I saw, would be Beaker. But not just Little Beaker, Giant Beaker. And you're probably seeing the art right now, and that's a great cast for this. Uh, So yeah, the Muppets, Frankenstein. Frogenstein. Frankenstein? If I can make the next Muppet movie, I would want to adapt Les Mis with Muppets. Now, for the human character, they usually like to go with a villain, but I think Jean Valjean should be the human, and my dream cast is Jeremy Strong, because that dude dives so deep, he takes it so seriously, he is incapable of not taking a role seriously, so you know you would have a Michael King in the Muppets Christmas Carol type situation, where he would play it so dramatically, it would make everything that much more believable. 
Now some other casting, I think Miss Piggy is Cosette, which means Marius is Kermit the Frog. I think the preacher at the beginning is Fozzie Bear. And the inspector, I think is Sam the Eagle, because he's a really imposing force. And finally the Tenadiers or whatever, I think they're played by the entirety of the Electric Mayhem. And I think you pair a super serious actor that has to take things seriously with Muppets, you know Jeremy Strong is gonna act his heart out because this is a prestigious role. It's gonna make a once in a lifetime movie. Hey guys, thank you for watching the show. Yeah, not the podcast, no, the, the show. show. <laughs> We've decided we're not calling it a podcast anymore. It's a show. When we tell people about it, uh, it's really embarrassing to be two white guys with a podcast. Yeah, you got to tell people, oh, we have a podcast. And then inevitably, like, half of the people you tell that to are also like, oh, yeah, I have a podcast, too. And you're like, no, 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 no not no. like us. <laughs> like, we work hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, don't get it twisted. We're still better than you. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We're not a loser like you guys. Guys, we hope you... <laughs> Man, this, this Muppet Rival Pitch was one of my favorite episodes. So this um, was the Muppet Rival Pitch episode? Yeah. Dude, yeah, this one was really fun. Um, I still haven't seen Les Mis. Uh-huh. See, that that's what tripped me up about this episode, is I didn't know I'd also have to explain the entire <laughs> plot of Les Mis while I gave my pitch. I just kind of thought you know it, and that really, I feel like that made my pitch twice as long, because I wasn't expecting it. Les Mis <laughs> is such a dense yeah, <laughs> book. My bad. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. If I would have known, I would have watched it ahead of time, you know, but we, we really don't tell each other what we're doing before we actually pitch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Dude, speaking of pitching, yes. Uh, our last episode was the rival pitch video game adaptation, and we have tallied up the winners. Yes, all the votes by two points, two uh-huh. votes. The winner between the uh, video game adaptation. So you did the the Wii, Wii Sports, Sports movie, movie, and I did a Pokemon movie by two points. This week's winner. Robert, hey. man, I really thought I was we gonna, sports for the win. <laughs> I really thought I was gonna get back to back dubs, man, because that Pokemon. I thought Dude, I the had Pokemon it. fandom does run deep, and people were yeah. commented about it. But so if I can't remember what we said last time, but I was like, I feel like we should give bonus points for who had like the most viewed. Yeah, and uh, mine definitely had the most viewed pitch. Uh, so I'm gonna say that you only beat me by one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel I feel like what. It's so random what gets views yeah. on the reel. But, all, dude, speaking of Wii Sports, though, my friend sent me something today, which is The Last of Us and Wii Sports have just been inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. And, of course, The Last of Us, huge TV series. So, hey, hey, Hollywood, that's a clue. Now you got to make a Wii Sports make movie. Robert's <laughs> Wii Sports movie. Oh, man. So, congratulations. I think we're one and one now. Yep. Yeah, we are. We're neck and neck. So, guys, be voting on Instagram. Yeah. You can also vote in our Discord. Yeah, we do have the Discord. We have the Discord mm. open to the public now. There are still private channels for the our patrons. patrons but... yeah. um, speaking of our Discord, we have a question. We have two questions from oh, nice. uh, that we can answer in this from our Discord today. Cool, cool. Uh, the first one is, what is your favorite episode from the show ever? Oh, ever. Ever. Uh, Which is, granted... Hold on, a lot of episodes, like almost a hundred episodes. Yeah. So I think I have mine if you need more time to think. I mean, I obviously I love the Titanic. Yeah, Survivor I was gonna say episode. Drunk Titanic Survivor is probably my favorite episode. 
I really love the undeserved. My favorite episode of this season so far is probably that space western, and it's not even the end short film, but it's just how we got got there. to it. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Because that episode, we managed to take every little riff and joke we were doing and somehow and include it, into, it a... <laughs> into the story. And then as far as rival pitches go, there's one that's coming out later this season. I won't spoil, but that's mine. So you guys will have to have to listen to every episode. I wish I knew what, what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I have one more question. Did you answer that one? Yeah. Was that your yeah. answer? Yeah. Was the... yeah. What was your answer? It was Rock Titanic Survivor. Okay. Nice. I, and that's why... I was so happy that he's one of like our mascots that we got yeah. created because Drunk Titanic Survivor episode is just like, uh-huh. I wish that we were doing the video for season yeah. two because season yeah. two has some of like the best stories mm-hmm. ever. And I wish we could like clip those and use yeah. those. Our next question is, what suggestions for the bowl have you gotten that you are really excited for? That's a great question because I know exactly which one I've been waiting for since yeah, it was put yeah. in there. It's a listener suggestion. Oh man, I have. There is one suggestion I put into our bowl that I've been waiting for, and I don't want to spoil it. Oh, okay. For you, for you. Like I would tell the audience and not tell you if I could, but I mean, I can cover my ears <laughs> no. and like sing. No, no, we'll leave it. It's it's one of those things that you probably saw in the share note, and you're just like, "What the heck is this?" Oh, but you, there's deeper context. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, mine is so I post this. Was, mine's a listener suggestion. I posted uh, on Instagram one time, like I when I I would draw, I would post mm-hmm. some of the stuff I draw, yeah. and I drew this like ghost cult. Yeah. And uh, someone submitted an email for a listener suggestion for a short film about the ghost cult. And I like that. I've yeah. been waiting for that forever because uh, I, I love drawing those little ghost cult guys. And yeah, so we yeah. could actually kind of like... There, there's a lot of stuff in the bowls that every week we wish we, we hope would pick and then we don't. It's never any of the <laughs> yeah. ones we hope it is. <laughs> we need to do the math of how many episodes we'd have to do before both bowls are empty. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Because it could be like, oh, we got to do this for another three years before. Because, <laughs> dude, we, I mean, we're always putting more suggestions in the bowl because we're always getting, like, I don't think we've put any new in our bowl, yeah. but we're always getting suggestions. Yeah, no, we aren't putting any new in our bowl. We're going to let that bowl run out. Yeah. We've done almost 90 episodes. 90 weeks of written by. 90 suggestions yeah. pulled. Well, no, we do also do rival pitches. Yeah. So about 40 suggestions pulled. That's another thing, too. When we started do, introducing the, the bi-weekly format where yeah. we do rival pitches every week, that slowed down the amount of suggestions we totally, were pulling yeah. every single week. So, man, hey, what a great episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for being so involved this season. We've been having a ton of fun on all the social medias, Instagram, um, TikTok, our Discord, um, Twitter. Uh, also, you check out writtenbypodcast.com. Yeah, we, we own cool that domain that. now. Yeah, so right in my podcast right now. I want to start just like uh, just saying written by podcast. That's my new catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Until it finally catches on and then people Wait, actually what start What situations going, would you slip that in as a catchphrase? I don't know, but I've done it before. I'm trying to remember what... There was a website... Oh, after I made the Bible Man website yeah in every conversation i would have with shama and all of them like we were working on stuff i would somehow put the bibleman.com into it i don't know i'll figure it out it's what i do because when, when i think catchphrase i'm like bazinga oh, well, or no. i mean like 
like running joke that I'll use. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. when we were nominated for an Upstate Music Award. Oh, yeah. How uh-huh. I joke about all the time. Yep. I'll do that. And then it'll become such an ongoing thing. People will be like, I should go to writtenbypodcast.com. Yeah. Hey, guys, you know where, you know where <laughs> else you should go? Guys, if you want to submit a story topic that goes into the listener bowl that we draw from, uh, email all your suggestions to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Also, if there is a movie franchise or a movie genre you want to hear us pitch a feature film for, also email all those suggestions to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Our socials are at writtenbypod. Our website is writtenbypodcast.com. <laughs> we own that now. <laughs> yeah visit those uh if you want to vote for the next rival pitch go to our instagram at written by pod the post that was posted today may 8th Mm -hmm. it's got the same graphic as you know it's got the episode graphic leave a comment there to vote for your favorite rival pitch you'll have a week to vote our logo was designed by taylor lockery and uh our theme song was produced by robert and drew both of their links down below yeah I'm Robert, that's Chase. I'm at Robert two underscores Isaac. Chase is at Chase Bridges three underscores. Or just search Chase's name. Because he's, he's the, the first, first one that pops up, up baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we forgetting to tell them anything? Uh, join the Patreon. You get access um, to the Discord, which is for free. But you get access to the, the special stuff. Like you get to do name suggestions. And uh, you get priority suggestions. So when your suggestions go into the bowl, it goes in three times, which gives you a higher chance of getting picked. Yeah. I think that's everything. Yeah, that's it. We'll see you next week. We got a really great episode. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to tease one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the episode this week, we were talking about a Twitter user that wrote an entire script for Muppet Gatsby. Yeah. And we were talking about all the other cool projects he did. Uh, We got him for an interview, and it's great, and it's going to play after the episode that comes out next week. Really, really interesting. Yeah, we love the interview. It's so interesting. Do not skip it or anything. Yeah, no, that's a a good one, man. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you got that. Look forward to next week. Yeah.